Welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I'm your host, Claire Sieber, global career and leadership coach, facilitator, speaker, and founder of Eating Your Cake 2, a business focused on helping you take control of your career and leadership success. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to amplify your influence, accelerate your career growth, create real presence, and have a true impact by learning the tools and strategies that you need to show up with more courage, more confidence, and more clarity. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello, hello, wonderful human, and welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I am your host, Claire Sieber, and as always, it is a privilege to be here with you, and I'm always very grateful that you pop me in your ears as you get about your day or night. Now, tell me what is happening in your world. It is August. Can you believe that? This year is flying by, and I don't know about you, but there's lots of exciting things happening in my world at the moment. I love the feeling of this time of year. There's something about when we pass the end of a financial year and we start a new one that kind of reignites things. It makes you feel like you've got a reset and a fresh start. And with that, all of the good juju and the good energy that flows with that as well. Now, if you are somebody that's sitting in and you're listening in, hearing me, feeling motivated and energized and you're thinking, oh man, I'm just not there right now, that's okay. You are wherever you are, you're feeling whatever you're feeling, and that is perfectly okay. What I would encourage you to do, though, is if you know that you're feeling a little unmotivated right now, you're feeling a little stuck, you're feeling a little bit like it's Groundhog Day, then ask yourself the question around what is it that needs to shift in order for me to not feel like this anymore? And more importantly, why do I want to feel? What do I want to feel like on a Monday morning when my alarm goes off? And what are the small steps that I need to start taking in order to get me there? If you know that you need some more hands-on support in order to take action and take that first step, then my friend, you know I am here for you. I have got some vacancies at the moment for some private one-on-one coaching clients. So if you want that intimate one-on-one time where we are completely about you and your unique needs and your unique goals, then perhaps one of my six-month private coaching containers might be just what you need to get yourself feeling re-energized and clear about what that next step is for you in your career and leadership journey. If that is you, then I suggest booking a free call in my diary, book yourself in a 20-minute coaching consult and we'll jump on a call together and I will give you some key takeaways on the spot, whether you choose to work with me or not. I will still give you a couple of practical insights and some things that you can do straight away to get yourself back on track to wherever it is that you want to go. Now, today's episode, we are up to episode number 40 on the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. And today I want to talk about offboarding with class. Now, what do I mean by offboarding? Offboarding essentially is leaving an organization. So you've resigned, you've quit, you've taken a new opportunity, whatever it is, 
but you're essentially departing either your organization as a whole, or perhaps you are departing your team or your department and you're moving to another arm or another section of the business. So offboarding with class. And the reason that I want to talk about this today is because I've had a few examples lately where I've either had a client reach out to me and talk to me about a situation that they're navigating with a particular employee who's resigned and some of the challenges that they've been having since that person has put their resignation in. But also, I've even had my own experience recently with an undercover reference check, if you will, where I've received a phone call from a key contact that I know in the industry that I used to work in who wanted some goss. They wanted some insight on somebody that I used to work with. And unfortunately for that person, I was completely honest about the way they departed the organization when I previously worked with them. And I'm not sure what the outcome was, but when all you can be is honest about the way somebody departed an organization, particularly if it wasn't the greatest of ways, then that might impact your ability for future roles. And I think in this circumstance, it may have. And so that is why I want to talk about offboarding with class, because we see time and time again, examples of where people have decided that this organization is no longer for me, this role is no longer for me, and they decide to pursue a new opportunity. That's fantastic. I love that for you. And we know that makes the world go round is essentially people moving into new roles and taking on new opportunities. So you departing an organization, you resigning or you quitting, that's not the problem. In fact, most managers, most HR teams, most organizations are very supportive when somebody puts their hand up and says, do you know what? I found a new opportunity for these reasons I'm going to take it. And most of the time, they wish you the very best. What unfortunately I see happen from time to time though, is that people will resign or they'll quit or whatever it might be, and they do not offboard themselves with any kind of class or professionalism. And what I've sadly seen happen down the track is that this can backfire on them. The world is big and the world is also very, very small. And so when they perhaps might want an opportunity down the track to work in another organisation, and somebody who they have perhaps burnt bridges with in a previous organization is now working there, I've seen many examples where that has backfired on them. And because of the way they off-boarded themselves in a previous job, they're now locked themselves out of an opportunity that they really want. And so I want to talk today about why it's so important that when you depart an organization or a team or a department and move into another one, that you do so professionally and you do so with class. You need to make sure that you are thinking about your career as a long game, not a short game, my friends. Your career is a long game and we need to think about things strategically. So there's three key things that I want to touch on today when it comes to offboarding or departing an organization. First one is you've resigned, you've decided to move on, power to you. That is super exciting. 
But if you've got a week, two weeks, a month, whatever it is that your notice period is, make sure that in that time you are still professional and make sure that in that time you haven't completely checked out and have just wiped your hands clean and left your manager or your team or the company as a whole in the lurch. Sadly, I've seen that happen many, many times. I've seen things from somebody resigning and then just not turning up for work again for the next months. And they've just left things unfinished. They've left their team absolutely in a hole. And the team, unfortunately, their colleagues have been the ones that have then suffered out of that. I've also seen people resign from organizations and then they just really start slacking off. They'll rock up at 11 o'clock. They'll go and have three coffees that day. They might then leave again at three. They just have checked completely out. And people aren't stupid. People can see. People can see that this individual no longer gives a shit about their role. They no longer have the respect for their peers or their colleagues or their team or their manager. And that can end up doing that individual more damage in the long run than what I think they realize at the time. So make sure if you're resigning, if you're moving on, have the respect for yourself and your future career, have the respect for your peers and for your colleagues to not leave people in the lurch. People kind of get when you resign that you probably take your foot off the gas a little bit, but there is a huge difference between taking your foot off the gas a little bit and taking your foot off the gas completely and just disrespecting the people that you're leaving behind. And I've seen this happen, unfortunately, more times than I can count. And it ends up, not always, but it ends up often biting that person in the ass down the track. So tip number one for offboarding with class is once you've resigned, be professional. Don't completely check out and stop showing up either physically or just mentally, make sure you are still committing. Tie up those loose ends. Leave things in a good place. The way you depart your team or your organization will help your credibility and your reputation well beyond you departing. And you might then find that if some of those people also leave that organization at some point and they move on to other ones, your relationship with them is still strong enough for you to be able to support each other with future opportunities as well. So that is the first reason why it's really important to offboard with class and to make sure that you don't just completely check out. The second thing I want to say about offboarding with class is do not burn all of your bridges, my friend. As I said before, the world is very big, but the world is also very, very small. And I have seen a number of examples where somebody has resigned, they've moved on to a new opportunity, they've completely checked out, they no longer give a shit about things for the month of their notice period that they're there and they've made it very clear that they don't want to be there. And unfortunately, they end up burning bridges along the way, right? Where the relationships that they might have built suffer, the people who they're now not giving work to that it's due for or things that they make commitments to that they've now not followed through on, you end up burning bridges. And what I've also then seen happen, as I said earlier, these people then move on too. 
And they might move on to positions of power or positions of influence inside another organisation that you then might decide down the track that you want to be a part of. And what you may not know is when it comes to reference checks, there are your formal reference checks, right? The people that you list on your resume that the recruiter might call and ask a series of questions to. And of course, you're going to give references who you know are going to say great things about you. Those are the formal reference checks. There are also a number of undercover reference checks or behind the scenes reference checks that also get done. I will regularly get calls from people who I've worked with in past lives who know that somebody that I used to work with wants a job at their organization and they want the 411 on that person. Are they reliable? How did they leave? Is there any, how were they after they resigned? Is there anything that you think I need to know? Do you think there are any red flags? And all I can be is honest about my observations, my experience of that person or any feedback that was received from their manager or their team after they left. Sometimes, or in fact, most of the time, it's overwhelmingly positive. But there have definitely been a few undercover references that I've been asked to do where somebody has not left an organisation with grace. They've left things completely a shambles. They've left their team in the lurch. They've left swinging and taking everybody down with them. And I fed that back. And then that recruiter, that hiring manager, that organisation that this person now wants to join, they'll do what they do with that information and they'll make the best decision for them. And unfortunately for the person who has burnt all of their bridges, it may not work in their favour sometimes. So really think about when you resign and when you leave an organisation, is it worth burning all of your bridges in the process? Probably not would be my advice. And then the last thing I want to say about offboarding with class and why it's so important. No part of me in this episode is saying that it's not important that you're honest about any feedback that you want to give the organisation. Absolutely be honest where you believe that there are things that your team, your manager, your department, the organisation would do better or could do more efficiently in order to achieve better business outcomes. By all means, provide that feedback. If you get the opportunity to do an exit interview, by all means, be honest. No part of me is saying that if things are not entirely rosy, that you should pretend like they are. But there is a way that you can do this and give this feedback in a constructive way instead of doing it in a fire-breathing toxic way that is designed to just take everybody in the organization down and where I've seen this play out really well is where people have had exit interviews and they have been asked the question of you know are there things that you think we could do better in order to retain people and they have given that honest feedback yes I think there are I think we really need to look perhaps at our employee value proposition Perhaps I think we need to look at flexibility. One of the reasons that I'm leaving is because I've actually felt it very difficult to really live the flexibility that we say here that we have. Examples of this are X, Y, and Z, right? That's helpful information for your employer to know to help them be a better employer 
for the other people inside the organisation. That is a constructive way of giving feedback. You sitting there, though, and saying, oh, my manager, Sally, she's shit. I don't know why she's still here. You should fire her. She sucks. Did you know all of this gossip about her? Toxic, toxic, fire-breathing, toxic, unhelpful. All that's going to do is make you look like the person who's departing an organisation who wants to take everybody down with them. You look unprofessional. You potentially look a little immature. And this could then have an impact on how you were seen after you depart. Some of you might be sitting there listening to this and thinking, I couldn't care less. That's fine. You always get to choose. You know that I'll always say to you, the choice is always yours. But I know if given a choice of providing feedback that is honest and helpful versus honest and toxic, the honest but helpful feedback is going to go far further for me, my reputation and my credibility than the feedback that's honest but toxic is going to. So really think about that. When you make the decision to resign, to leave an organisation, to move on from your manager or your team, how can you make sure that you do it with grace, with class, with dignity and with professionalism? And the three key ways you can do that are by making sure that you don't just check out the second you drop your resignation letter on your manager's desk, by making sure that you don't burn your bridges by leaving everybody around you out to dry. And thirdly, by making sure that you're honest with your feedback about why you're leaving, but you aren't toxic in the way that you talk about it. As I said earlier, it's so important that you take a long-term view of your career and making sure that when you move on from organizations, as you will throughout your career, that you do so in a way that still sees those doors open to you should you ever either A, want to go back to that organization or B, ever want to work in an organization where your ex-colleagues, your ex-peers or your ex-manager may now be. So I hope that's given you some good food for thought today, particularly if you're someone sitting there who is thinking about moving on or thinking about looking for a new role and a new job and you want to make sure that you leave yourself in the best position possible when you depart. If you are thinking about moving on and you want to be new job ready, then perhaps my career revive session might be right up your alley right now as well. In just four weeks, we make sure that we get you new job ready. That means new resume, new LinkedIn profile, making sure you are feeling confident and ready to nail your interview questions. We talk about salary negotiations. We talk about your professional brand. We do a full job search and make sure that we're looking for the right roles for you. So if that is something that sounds of interest to you, book a call in my diary and let's talk about how we can get you new job ready in just four weeks time. That is it from me today, my friends. I hope this has been helpful. As always, I love to hear from you. So if you're loving what you're hearing, make sure you drop me a review and you share this potty with a friend. Have a beautiful day and I look forward to seeing you again very, very soon. 
Well, that's it for another episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. It has been amazing to have you here and I am always so grateful for you taking the time to pop me in your ears as you go about your day or night. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Eating Your Cake 2. And if we aren't connected on LinkedIn yet, reach out and say hi. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love if you would leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with me here too. Until next episode, you've got this. You can do it. You are doing it. And remember to back yourself and what you have to offer. Hey there. Thanks for hanging on and thank you again so much for listening to the podcast. I truly love having you with me, but I want to make sure that you know if you're ready to work together exactly how we can do it. The first way is through my game-changing Transform Your Career six-week accelerator program. This six-week online program is for busy professional women who are ready to regain control of their career and leadership once and for all. Go from feeling like just another employee to an in-demand asset in your company. Stop feeling lost, stuck, and unmotivated, and instead feel confident, worthy of earning more, and armed with the tools to go out and get what you want. The Transform Your Career Accelerator cuts the crap and gets right to the key levers that you need to be pulling to ensure you are seen, heard, and noticed at work. Add to this an epic group of like-minded women all coming together to share insights, learnings, and to build a new network along the way. If this sounds like something you need, then join the waitlist now. The link is in the show notes. The second way you can work with me is through my private one-on-one coaching program, where I only take a very limited number of clients each year by application. My six-month private programs are for you if you know you need tailored coaching and guidance now. You want a container of space and time just for you to work through your exclusive and unique goals. You don't want to wait for the waitlist in my other programs because you know you want access to my brain and my experience all to yourself. If this sounds like you, then book a free call in my diary today and let's chat. Lastly, if you want me in your organization to come and share my tried and tested knowledge with your team on how we can all collectively elevate our own leadership and career success, then jump on my website and download the services info pack or grab it from the link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening.